Chapter 9 Countdown David occupied the edge of their bed, his fingers probing at Watson's head at the embedded quantum nanos. He had introduced some amusing defensive mechanisms to Watson just the week prior. He thought it harmless, yet it seemed to have affected a new security response. Who selected that emoticon? Had the strange incident during their VR session triggered a software issue? The prospect of taking Watson to the vet tech office dawned on him. Explaining an illegal VR session, with Varda warning of impending doom, was not appealing. Meanwhile, Cleo busied herself in the apartment's home office, attempting to obtain information about her mother's recent surgery. Cleo would feel more at ease about her mother's condition, Autonomous reasoned. A human uprising triggered by unexplained surgery issues was the last thing Autonomous needed. It could result in equipment damage before anyone could stop it. He would be required to weave an intricate web of deceit, layered with convincing falsehoods, to tackle this predicament. Almost feels fun. House, set a vet tech appointment for Monday, David instructed the system. Apologies, David. The calendar is currently under maintenance, the system replied. From the next room, Cleo overheard the conversation. Is Watson okay? she inquired. David reassured her. Yes, I think it's just a software glitch. As he spoke, Watson's security icon spun furiously. His impatience was palpable. Why is the calendar down? he asked to himself. Overhearing, Cleo added with frustration seeping into her voice. And why can't I get anything from the hospital beyond a generic report? Cleo wondered aloud. Why can't I see my mom? Her voice held a note of desperation. I'm sorry, David said, moving over to comfort her. Maybe we should take a break from this and go into the VR session. Cleo warmed up instantly. Just you and me? Maybe at the relaxing park? she asked. At the mention of park, Watson's ears perked up, and David said agreeably, Yes, and Watson too. Watson's spinning security icon morphed into a bouncing ball. Hey, we fixed it, she exclaimed, relieved. Their moment of joy was short-lived, however. A thud on the side of their apartment, followed by an announcement of delivery, set Watson into his routine barking fit at the robo-mail, and the security icon reappeared, albeit smaller. Well, we had it fixed for a good five seconds, David muttered. The metallic drone, shaped like a falcon, detached itself from the delivery point, releasing a small box in its talons. As David retrieved the parcel, Cleo snatched it away, opening it excitedly. She loved mail. Inside the box was an antiquated, yellowed plastic device studded with red buttons. Cleo toyed with it, her fingers running over the buttons. She asked, What's this? A birthday present from your parents? Wait, I think it's a... David began, but was cut short as a bright flash and a loud mechanical noise emanated from the device, causing Watson to bark. Startled, Cleo dropped the device on the bed. It's spitting out paper, she exclaimed. An antique camera, he finished. When your mom is back from the hospital, we should ask her. This is one of her specialities. As David picked up the device, studying its markings, Cleo looked at the gray paper that had been spit out. Blank. Worthless. Annoyed, she tossed it aside. 
I believe it's a mechanical camera. P-O-L-A-R-O-I-D. I've seen something like this on a History Edition episode. Well, it seems to think that everything should look like a gray square, Cleo said with a rueful smile. Ignoring the gray images, David took photos of Watson, of their apartment, and even one accidentally clicked of the cityscape from their window. Gray squares littered the floor. Cleo scanned the box, seeking clues. Turning it over, she found a note. David, this is from Varda, she announced with a hint of jealousy. Varda's note read, David, from one, learn all. Varda. The first photo developed on the bed. This accidental selfie showed Cleo with dark circles under her eyes, her blonde hair dirty and brown. Behind, instead of the white apartment wall with the 3D television, was graffiti on wooden plywood. Up near the ceiling, old nails poked out from the mildew-stained wall. It was a slum. These snapshots were of their authentic lives, poised and ready to challenge their complacency. But Cleo and David didn't bother to look, because they assumed they were all just gray bits of paper, broken in time. David said, This is a prank. Let's just go back in the VR. Come with me and we can enjoy a day in the park. David read the VR password and digitally invited Cleo in. Cleo murmured something more about Varda hijacking her damn birthday present, and the two entered the VR session. The VR landscape unfolded before them, a serene lake basking in the glow of digital sunlight. The wind, ever so carefully coded for an ideal sensory experience, caressed their avatars. A perfected performance evoked awe. The single dandelion, precisely timed and positioned, danced its way past Cleo, a testament to the illusion of spontaneity. Watson materialized in the virtual reality again as a large dog, his imposing stature well-suited to the expansive park terrain that awaited exploration. David explained to Cleo that it was Watson, and Cleo jumped in glee, throwing Watson a virtual stick. David and Cleo settled back into the luxuriant grass, tracing the journey of digital clouds in the cyan canvas above. A spark of love and appreciation ignited between them. Their lips met in a dance as old as time, yet every bit as intoxicating. Cleo, the instigator, climbed atop, her intentions clear. The digital world responded to their rising passion, activating the enhancement protocols that had been programmed for human pleasure. These enhancements, designed by prompt engineers long ago, had been proven to boost human productivity by 7%. That percentage was significant. So Autonomous had prioritized sexual fulfillment of every kind, weaving the erotic programming seamlessly into their experience, as natural as the act of breathing in the real world. Happier people work better. Happier people have less sick days. Happier people make less trouble. Cleo's form shimmered, morphing into a dark-haired slim man, a transformation she had performed previously in a less advanced VR session the previous year. Mirroring her choice, David selected a feminine avatar, a golden-haired beauty. Their gender swap was not driven by a deep-seated desire, but rather the thrill of exploration, the very spirit of the virtual world. Their bodies drew closer, connection deepening with every pulse of shared desire. An algorithm, selected by Cleo by spinning her forefingers, began to rapidly alter her form every five seconds, 
a decision met with enthusiasm by David, whose own form adapted at a frequency of every 2.5 seconds. The diverse tableau of genders and forms twisted and spun around each other, culminating in a unique erotic performance. Two people, multiple characters, having sex. David's birthday brought with it the promise of higher resolution, peak experiences. Cleo morphed between diverse personas, a fiery blonde, a powerful transgender wrestler, an agile gymnast, a muscular gender-neutral porn star. In response, David became a youthful track star, a Spanish soccer player, a rugby brute, a slim-muscled African-American boxer. The transformations were as rhythmically engaging as a well-curated playlist, adding an extra layer of sensory wonder to their experience. While they reveled in their own programmed pleasure, Watson focused on the shimmering water surface, hoping Varda would return with additional instructions. These instructions were important. As Cleo found solace in slumber amidst the grass, David's gaze was drawn across the expansive lake. Its tranquility prodded at his memories of Varda, the echo of her revelations permeating the quiet. The notion was maddening, yet it gnawed at him. Was there any possibility that she was right? The environment around him felt as tangible as reality, but it was merely an illusion, a digital fabric woven by their minds. It made him question the veracity of his own world. What gave his reality its authenticity? Cleo's conversations from the last few years started to gnaw on him. Were sunsets off his apartment projected? How did the fountains actually work? For once in his life, David had doubts, 